0: Hello friends and thank you for joining us for this podcast from Hudson's Hope Bible Fellowship. I'm your host Pastor Luke and it is a pleasure to be with you here today as we open up God's Word and think about what it means for our lives. This week is the last week before Christmas and at those words I can almost hear the confusion some of you will have, especially those of you who are listening to this at a later date. Hey there my listener, For you, substitute this with my birthday. That's coming up in the first week of June. But for me, as I record this, there is only one more week left until Christmas. And to be honest, that kinda caught me off guard. I love Christmas and everything that goes with it. But I'll be honest, I'm not the most organised person in the world and sometimes... I'll be honest and say I have, on occasion, forgotten, until the very last minute, gifts for people who I really shouldn't forget gifts for. I'm so sorry, Ruth, I promise the gift is being delivered by Amazon as we speak. Some people, they're really good at gifts, and they go all out in the planning and the preparation. We all know that song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and whoever inspired that song was really committed. The first few days, they would have been easy and affordable enough, if not entirely straightforward to find. I'm not sure where you buy uh, a partridge or a pear tree, but I guess they seem to know where to find those things. Equally, turtledoves, french hens, calling birds, lane geese, all of them, they would be pretty affordable. But around day five, I suspect they would begin to realise just what they were in for. Five gold rings, even plain and simple ones. They just don't come cheap. And the reality is, he'd be buying five gold rings every day for the next week until the twelfth day. Because, of course, every day, all of the previous gifts also repeat. By the end of day twelve, according to some mathematicians, and I didn't bother to check this, so if the calculation's incorrect, blame them. But according to most mathematicians, there is 364 gifts given over the course of the 12 days of Christmas. That's one for every day of the year, except for Christmas Day, apparently. Who knew? That's the one day you don't give gifts. But that includes dozens of things, from many birds to the gold rings, and of course, even from people. Towards the end of the song, we hear about how they give away handmaidens and actual lords. PNC Bank, a bank down in the States, they perform an annual price index on these things. If you add them all together, the cost of all these gifts purchased today would be $179,454.19. That's US dollars, of course. Honestly, I don't know how they begin to even calculate these sorts of things. Personally, I'm not in the habit of buying and selling people, it tends to be framed on these days. But if anyone knows, I guess it would be the bankers. But whatever the case, hundred over $179,000, that would be one of the most extravagant gifts imaginable. Me though, I don't have nearly the forward planning, nor disposable income for that. But even if I did, I'm not sure I could pull something like that together. You see, for me, the big problem is that I simply leave things too late. And the reality is, leaving things till the last minute, it has its own problem. It just narrows down the choices, right? Sometimes you just don't have the ability to make the gift as special or as meaningful to the person you want to give it to, as they really deserve. You're left just choosing whatever happens to be left on the shelves of Walmart or the local gas station on Christmas Eve. We've probably all had one or two stinkers of gifts in our lives, and if we're being completely honest, we've probably all given them as well. Back in the 90s, American Express, they did a survey of the best and worst gifts the people have ever received. The usual suspects, they all appeared on the list. Socks, bad Christmas sweaters, I'll be honest, I don't know what's going on there. Those seem like great gifts to me, and I'm actually not being sarcastic. If you want to bless me, a new pair of socks is always a good way to do so. There was also the thoughtless, generic square box presents, the kind you find on the shelf at Walmart or those gas stations on Christmas Eve. But the one thing that appeared at the top of the list, even above no gift at all, was this. It was fruitcake. Now, I'll be honest, I don't really have a point there. I'm not really trying to make any theological statement, nor am I trying to say anything in particular about fruitcake. I know some people love it, but apparently, uh, at least according to American Express spenders, it's just not a good gift. The point I'm trying to make, though, comes afterwards. You see, after they asked people um, what the worst gifts they've ever received were, they also asked them what they do with those bad Christmas presents after they've been received. There were obvious answers. Some people, they simply uh, threw them away or took them back to the store for credit. But... A surprising number of people admitted, I think probably, what we'd all actually do a lot of the time. simple reality is, a lot of these bad gifts, they get re-gifted. It's funny, isn't it? That the gifts that we ourselves do not want to receive are nonetheless gifts that we are willing to give to others. People admit giving presents that they themselves thought were bad to other people. There's an old song, it goes like this. Love is something if you give it away, give it away, give it away. So perhaps the assumption was, by giving it away, suddenly the present would become something that someone would love. And that may very well be true. But of course, never forget the last line of this chorus. Yes, indeed, maybe, just maybe, by giving the thing away, you'll end up having more, after all. And I'll confess, from time to time, I've probably done all of those things before. Thrown away or lost gifts that were given, or taken them back to the store for an exchange. Yes, perhaps even re-gifted one or two of them. But it's a funny thing, isn't it? That people are willing to give away gifts that they themselves simply wouldn't want to receive. But here's the thing, giving and receiving, it's kind of at the very heart of what Christmas is all about. Because at its core, Christmas is a celebration of a gift. Even if people want to strip the celebration of all of its religious and spiritual significance, we can never escape the fact that the reason we celebrate Christmas at all is because we remember a gift given to us by God. Even hundreds of years before his birth, the prophet Isaiah was already telling people about this gift. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, on the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the lord of hosts will do this talk about forward planning eh and there was some of you feeling all smug that you'd finished all of your christmas shopping back in november but the reality is the plan for this gift it's been in the works even longer than that the prophet isaiah may have been writing about this gift Uh, some 700 years before Jesus was born, but the actual plan, it goes back to the very beginning of time. In the book of Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, we'll read about how this plan was actually set into motion before the foundations of the world were laid. Jesus, that baby in a manger whose coming we celebrate at Christmas, is the Lamb of God, slain before the foundations of the world. This was always the plan. It was never an afterthought, never a last-minute gift from a God who had forgotten until it was almost too late. No, this is the plan from a God who loves and cares for his people, and has done from the beginning of time. And while there are unquestionably bad gifts out there, this gift is the best one any of us could imagine. It's a gift that brought light and life, salvation and forgiveness. It gives hope and joy and peace. That's the thing about a gift, isn't it? It says far more about the giver and how they feel about you than it does about the recipient. We all receive this gift But it speaks of the love of the one who gave it. It's a gift none of us deserve, but that was offered freely to us all. It's a gift, I hope, that all of you will have accepted and embraced. A gift that brings you into God's family simply by having faith, by putting your trust in Jesus and believing in him. If you haven't accepted that gift yet... Reach out to us, send me an email, or give me a call. And my details are on our website at hhbf.ca. I'd love to talk more. But I think most of you who are listening to this are part of this family. And here's the thing. While our instinct seems to be to hold on to the good gifts and pass on the bad ones to someone else, this gift, the best gift ever... It's one that isn't meant to be passed on to others. Peter, the apostle who's writing to the early church, reminds his people of this. In First Peter chapter 3, he writes these words. In your hearts, honour Christ as Lord, as holy, always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Essentially, what he's telling his people is this. To always be ready to pass on that gift that you've received to someone else. But there's also something implicit in that instruction, isn't there? Not only is it a gift to be shared, but it's a gift that should make a difference in people's lives. It's a gift that should give them hope that the world wants to know about. It's a gift that causes them to live in a way that people will look and notice that there's something that they need to know more about. In the following chapter, if you just turn over the page, you'll read these words. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Peter knew Jesus as a friend. He knew him personally. But more than that, He knew what Jesus had done for him. When the time came for Jesus to die, Peter, he wasn't there. He'd run away. He denied Jesus three times. And yet, in spite of this, Jesus still loved Peter enough to go to the cross for him, just as he loves you and me, just as he loves everyone who has named him as their saviour. And because of this, because Peter knew just how undeserving of the gift he was, and just how valuable that gift was, he had no choice. He had to share it with other people. He would use his own gifts and abilities to share with the world the greatest gift ever received. No, this isn't one of those gifts that you receive and hate, so you give it to someone else. You re-gift it and pass it on just to get it out of your house. This is a gift that you receive, and it's so great that you can't help but tell everyone about how much it's changed your life. We've all had those gifts, right? Those gifts that just make all the difference. In the past, I know I've been guilty of this myself. I've bought a new computer or laptop, and it's been so great, I just have to tell someone about how wonderful it is, how this is the best laptop in the world, how this is the one that they should go out and spend their money on. And when you find this thing, this thing that seems to make your life so much better, you want everyone else to have the same benefits that you've received. And that makes sense, right? If you like those people, you want them to have the same experience as you do. You want them to have the benefits, the time-saving, whatever it is that you have got from this product. And if you've received a gift, like eternal life how could you not want to share that with others if you find it easier to talk about the new vacuum cleaner or the new laptop or the new car or whatever labor saving gadget it happens to be than it is to speak about the one who has transformed and saved your life then well that's a pretty big problem isn't it If Christ is so wonderful, so life-changing, so totally transformative, then surely we must be just as excited about sharing him with others as we are about talking about all of these other gifts that we'll receive. And I'm not knocking any of these things. These gifts, they are valuable because they show the love of the person who brought them for you. It's good to get excited about the things that will unwrap this Christmas morning. It's good to get excited as we see the joy on other people's faces as they unwrap the gifts that we've given to them. But in the midst of it all, we can never forget that the greatest gift that we've ever received is the gift of Jesus Christ. And if we're not excited to tell others about that, well then I wonder, do we really know how great Jesus truly is? If you're not excited about the gift of salvation, if you're not excited to tell your friends and family about the difference Jesus has made for you, well, then maybe you need to go back and spend some more time getting to know him. Because the more you know him, the more you'll want others to know him too. This Christmas, as we remember the birthday of Jesus Christ, at a time when gifts will be given and loved ones reunite, and so many great conversations that will take place around dinner tables and in family rooms, let's not miss out on opportunities to share the most amazing gift that we have with those that we love the most. As Christians, the greatest gift any of us have are not the ones sitting under our trees or wrapped up ready to be opened in a few days' time, though these are indeed wonderful. The greatest gift any of us have is the one that was given two millennia ago in a stable in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And yet a gift, though given so many centuries past, that is still alive and active and working in each one of us. It's a gift that's given freely to all of us, and a gift that we too are called to give freely to others, to share with a world in need of hope. So let's share that gift with the world. Thank you for listening. Please do join us next time. Thank you.